Are you a virtual assistant juggling all the things? You know, inquiries, contracts, payments. It can feel a little overwhelming at times trying to keep up with everything, right? Well, meet your new business BFF, insert HoneyBook. Think of HoneyBook as the upgrade your VA business didn't even know that it needed, taking you from beginner to polished and professional in no time. I've been using HoneyBook since day one of my business, and let me tell you, it's been a lifesaver for this busy mom. It's user-friendly, lets you automate workflows, and my favorite part is that it's completely customizable, so it'll look like it's native to your brand. I know what you're thinking. Do I really need a customer management platform? Well, spoiler alert, yes, you do. It's the secret ingredient that's given my VA business a 98% success rate of turning curious inquiries into solid bookings. Now, here's the deal. You can score an amazing 50% off right now if you use the link in the show notes. That's right. You heard that correctly. 50% off your entire subscription for any plan. And trust me when I say your business deserves the HoneyBook Upgrade. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Rush Holmes, and I am so excited about today's episode because not only do I get to introduce you to an amazing guest expert, but she also happens to be legitimately my business bestie, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that statement. I can't tell you how excited I am to welcome back Ashley Braswell onto the podcast. Now, for those of you who don't know Ashley, she's an entrepreneur, a wife, a mother of three. And what I love so much about Ashley is she has an innate passion for helping women-owned businesses succeed. What's cool about her is she believes this down to her core. And as the founder of the Paid Ad Academy, Ashley has built a team that specializes in paid advertising and strategic marketing that helps other women entrepreneurs gain visibility and reach their target audience, which I know firsthand are two very large pain points. In today's episode, we dive into some really juicy strategies, but we also dive into a little bit of real girl talk behind what it looks like to be a female entrepreneur in 2024 running a very large business, and also trying to juggle being a wife and a mom and all the things. So if you're interested in a real raw conversation, this episode is for you, my friend. Without further ado, I am so excited to welcome Ashley to the podcast. Let's dive on in. Welcome to the Millennial Mom Movement, a podcast that's all about redefining what it means to be a working mom. I'm your host and business BFF, Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, we dig deep and reverse engineer how to make money on your own terms. Get ready for inspiring insights, fun chats, and tangible tips to rewrite your success story. Let's dive on in. Ashley, welcome back to the Millennial Mom Movement podcast. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this conversation. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm excited too. It's been a little bit of time since we were on your podcast. Yes, it has. And I feel very lucky because this week we got to do an Instagram live, which was really fun. So I get to talk to you twice this week and steal all your time, which is basically a dream of mine. Please, same for you. So please take all my time. Okay. So let's dive on in. I know we've already had you on the podcast. So of course, welcome back. But for those of you who may not know Ashley, tell us just a little bit about who you are today and a brief backstory too. Yeah, let's go because we could do this a bunch of different ways. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm Ashley Braswell. So I am co-owner of the Paid Ad Academy with my sister Elizabeth, which is so much fun. We're a Facebook ads agency and then we also are an education platform. So we have a membership for Facebook ads and then we have a couple different things. Something that or some things that we're really passionate about and I think that sets us apart in that world is that we're very passionate about helping people who are mission-minded and are working to like really make a difference in the world. And we also really are like girls all the way around. (laughs) 
So we love working with women. We love working with moms. We do have a few guys in the group. We have a few guy clients, but mostly it's like moms, women all the way. We have five kids between the two of us. So that's fun and a little chaotic sometimes. (laughs) And yeah, I could go into a bunch of different things. That's like the basics of like right now. That's amazing. Okay. And you transitioned to working with your sister last year. So tell me about that transition because I feel like a lot of people are are either like, oh my gosh, that's a dream. I would love to work with somebody that I like am either a relative with or a friend or whatever the case may be. And other people are like, oh, absolutely not. So where do you, how did this come about? Like where did this fall on the spectrum? And what did that transition look like? Because that's a big difference. I know speaking for myself, like going from a solopreneur to then having a business partner. And I think in a lot of ways, it's really beautiful because you get to have somebody yeah. to bounce ideas off of. But I'm yeah. curious to hear like your experience. It's been the best. Absolutely the best. My sister and I have been best friends for a long time. You know, we fought when we were kids, but then basically late teen years, we just really had this beautiful friendship. And we lived near each other for a little while. We actually lived in the same house when I had two kids and she had just gotten married and had no kids. So we rented this huge house and they lived in the basement mother-in-law apartment and we lived in the upstairs and we shared, which was incredible. And then we moved away. And when we were not living together anymore, we decided to start a t-shirt business together, like a Disney t-shirt business. I know. It was so fun. It was just like a side hustle for both of us because she had a 10-year career in finance before she came on with us. And I obviously was still doing Facebook ads at the time with my agency. And so we just had this like Disney t-shirt company and we would go to conferences and we would go down to Disney World and we would like do all the social media things. And I think that business was the prep for this business because we realized oh, we actually like work really well together in an actual like business capacity. And when I, my family moved down to where she lives in North Georgia, like a year and a half ago and living so close to each other and being so like, so integrated in each other's lives was just really good. And beyond anything I could have imagined, like the fights and the uncomfortableness is like so minimal. I can't even really think of one off the top of my head. Like it just, everything kind of fizzles really fast and it's been great. And so this past summer, I had been tiptoeing around being like, hey, I really need to hire someone else to help me grow. Like I'm at this point where I can't do anything else. And it just worked out this past July that she was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. It was terrifying absolutely terrifying. Still a little scary sometimes. (laughs) Just like financially, because when you bring a business partner on, you cut your own income in half, but she has been able to help me grow in ways I never could have done by myself. So we're already like, we've already doubled our revenue the first couple months that she was on. And so like, it's just been great. And we're growing so fast now. And now I get to do all this education and help people like in other ways and more speaking opportunities and stuff. So it's been the best ever. And I think if anyone else is thinking like, I want to do that too, but I don't know how, I think the stair step is what really made it like not as scary for us because we had a baby business and then we moved close to each other and now we're doing the real business. So that was, I think one of the biggest helps. Yeah. And it too, like, it's not like she was your first hire, which I think is important to note. Like you've been running a team for years now. And so you have that experience. What you were looking for, it sounds, is really like a strategic partner to help you take things to the next level, which oh yeah, I was talking to my OBM yesterday and she said something to me that I was like, that is so accurate. And she was basically like, when you're thinking about putting that strategic partner in place, a lot of times it feels like a luxury to have that. And as a solopreneur, we're like, oh no, we can be scrappy. We can make it work. We can do the things that we know we are good at and we like, it's fine. We'll just make it work. But once you put that in place, you're like, oh, this was such a necessity. And it's, I, why did I wait so long? Isn't that interesting? Cause I feel like I'm in that same boat too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, totally. But it's a lot like, I don't know if you've ever paid for a super high end mastermind and you're just like terrified because it's so much money. But then after you get in, if it's like a real a good mastermind, and it's a good fit, you're like, oh my gosh, this just changed my life. That was my experience last April getting into the mastermind I'm in now. And it absolutely revolutionized my business to the point that a few months later, I was like, okay, let's take this jump now. So this it's been big, scary jumps. And this was probably the biggest and the scariest, but it's been great. I love that. Okay. I feel like 2023 was your year for like big, scary jumps in general. So do you mind telling us your experience with 
joining a mastermind and a high ticket mastermind to be specific, because I think this is something that feels elusive to a lot of people that are maybe in like the messy middle of their business. Like I know Mm -hmm. I have not joined a high ticket mastermind for that same exact fear of, Ooh, is it going to be worth the money? What's this going to look like? Am I going to be like judged? (laughs) You have these thoughts in your head of, am I good enough? Do I, should I be there yet? And so I'm curious to hear your experience because it sounds like it was a really positive one. And also like, how did you find it? How did you go about it? Tell us all the things. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you asked this question because it's like such a good one. I have been in masterminds before that were not great masterminds for me personally. Like they didn't fit my level of business. They, I didn't really learn the way the people educated, like that kind of stuff. But the way that I found this one was I, because before I was in Facebook ads, I was a wedding photographer and that was my first business and very much like a gateway business <laughs> into what I currently do. But the circles that I was running in then, all of those people who were quote unquote educators in the photography world, eventually they started shifting their business to where education was their main thing. And obviously as I'm in Facebook ads, education is also becoming obviously, but it's becoming a big part of my business as well. And so I was watching these other girls that were like maybe two or three steps ahead of me and I didn't even know it. And so as they're taking steps, I was watching where they were getting their education from. And these are women that I had learned from, that I'd been talked to before, not necessarily been friends with, but they had mentored me in that like that way people mentor you via their podcast and all the their content. Where you're like, I know them, but they have no idea who I am. Yes. I have many of those. We're obviously yes. best friends in my head. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's it. So I was watching them and I, and they actually started going down this path of funnels and they had gone to some kind of the click funnels event. And so that was like my first, oh, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Should I know about it? And so I started researching. I was really pumped about it because it just like really caught my attention. And then they talked about their mastermind that they were in and that's the one I'm in now. So having the trust for those girls and then the fact that they were learning from the woman that I'm learning from now was the biggest indicator for me. And then I went to some of this mastermind leaders um, conferences and got to really know like her education style, the way she spoke. I devoured a ton of her content and I realized that the way she taught these things really was how my brain processed. And then I just learned more. Like I had a discovery call with her about what does it look like? How many times do we meet? What kind of support do I have? Like individual support? Are you actually the one teaching in this? Or are you going to be like offering it to someone else? Are there events? And I swear to you, this mastermind is the most over-delivering thing, resource I've ever been in. I would honestly say that about 60% of my income now comes from that mastermind just because of the closeness of all of the people. And the people who are in that mastermind are just so genuine and kind and they just they really want to support other people and it's it's just been life-giving. That group has been just amazing. That's awesome. That sounds so cool. I think one of the like green flags that flew for me were when you're like, I was able to get on a discovery call and ask these questions. And I think probably in my experience and maybe in other people's too, a lot of times with masterminds, it's almost like an exclusive club where it's no, you need to just give us your money and trust that like we know what we're talking about. Have you ever had that experience where it's like, like a short email and it's, this is $30,000 and either you're in or you're out. And that's yeah. it. And you're like, but what am I buying? What am I paying for? What's happening here? And so I think that's always been my hesitation is I'm like, okay, but what's really included? Am I really going to get value? And it sounds like this person really took the time to like dive in deep of like, how can we create a community that serves each other, which I think is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I big. That's a big deal because I was in a mastermind similar, like the short email, but I went to a one-day conference and they pitched the mastermind at the end, which at the time I didn't know that was even a method. Interesting. <laughs> yes. I was like, what is happening right now? And the pitch was like super intense, but it also felt like the cool kid club. Wow. But then it ended up that um, leader was not actually the person you ever talk to in this mastermind. And so it was it was high price for me at the time. I think it was $12,000 for a year and or maybe it was 6 months. I can't remember, but it was about $1,000 a month and I was like this is the biggest investment I've ever made into my business. I was just switching to Facebook ads and it was really disappointing to be honest. Like the whole thing was just a really disappointing experience, but they're no longer doing that and that's why because people were just over it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I think sometimes 
I'm sure in business, when you get to a certain level, you're expected to have a mastermind because it almost feels like a next step. And I think some people don't have the heart for it. Like, I feel like in order to run a really successful mastermind, in my personal opinion, you need to have a really big heart for service and education because essentially that's what a mastermind is supposed to be. And Mm -hmm. if that's not there, I think it's they're more focused on like the revenue dollars of the fact that they can charge a whole lot of money for whatever the case may be. And they're more excited about that than like the people in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I think one thing that's maybe a green flag, if that's the fear is how do they talk about the people in their group and what opportunities they do they give to actually bring up people within the group. Like before I joined, I was seeing this woman talk about some of the members in her group in like, I can't remember what they called it. It was almost like an online summit with 20 or 25 people. And she was giving them an opportunity to be in there. And some of them are bigger names and then some of them are smaller names. And so seeing that mix of audience sizes and experience, that was a really cool thing too. And I actually don't know that I expected that because when I got in the group, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be like, the smallest person here. This is going to be so embarrassing. And, but no, like I wasn't the smallest, but I was definitely in like the bottom 10%. And which is great. I never want, we never want to be the smartest person in the room. So I was happy about that, but also terrified. But everyone's just so helpful and so nice. Even people in my own industry, people who are also Facebook ad agencies or educators, they're so kind and so willing to share because it's very much the mindset. There's enough business for all of us. So I just love that. Yeah, agreed. I think that's most people's fears is they're like, oh, I don't want to be the smallest fish. But sometimes I feel like that is like the best place to be personally because yes. like you can only go up from there. So it's kind of like yeah. what do you have to be afraid of? Yes. Do you know um, Sharon Says So on Instagram? Do you follow her, Sharon McMahon? No, but now I'm like, yes, let me go follow her. Tell me You need to. She has like a million followers. She got really popular in 2020 during the election because she used to be a government teacher. And so she's just like very down to earth explaining everything, but she's very opinionated and very funny. I'm here for that. And you don't know where she falls on like the political spectrum. She just gives like straight, very clear cut, like this is the actual constitution. This is what this, this is a definition. But she, I actually went to a conference where she was at before she got big, the right before she got big. And she was a newborn photographer. And so crazy. I know. And so we were at the same conference and that is who said that and really stuck it in my brain was that she said, I never want to be the smartest person in the room ever. And I was like, that is brilliant actually, because you're forcing yourself into a constant up level through the discomfort. And she talked about that, being willing to be uncomfortable in your own skin so that you can grow. And even like seeking the discomfort, I was like, oh my gosh. And now she's brilliant and is America's government teacher. So it's cool. (laughs) I love that so much. I had a teacher like that growing up where she would never share which side of the spectrum she was on, but Mm -hmm. I loved her. And she would just like hit our little AP class with all of these really good things. And I'd just be like, oh, I need to know what side you're on. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? Like trying to figure it out and be like, oh, does she think this or does she think this? I vividly remember because it was like the year that Obama was first elected. And so that was a really big deal for our country. And so, yes. anywho, okay, I'm definitely going to follow her. But I want to dig into what you said, which is like seeking out the discomfort. And I think for you, it was probably the mastermind. But have you ever experienced anything else where you're like, I am doing this thing because it's uncomfortable and I hate it, but I know it's going to force me to grow. I feel like the universe did that to me last year, not me doing that to myself, but I'm trying to do it to myself this year. So tell me your experience. I think it happens whether you do it to yourself or it just happens. So I would rather choose my discomfort. It's your own adventure. Yes. <laughs> yes. And letting it be chosen for me. Because last year I also had a very uncomfortable situation that was given to me. And But the thing was like I knew it. I knew it from the beginning. There were red flags as we worked. Like there were red flags. But instead of choosing the discomfort of being in the unknown for myself, I I would not do it. And so eventually like I was forced into that. And I think with the mastermind was definitely a chosen discomfort because I thought, saw the possibility. And I think it's just thinking critically too. Like, okay, so here's an example. Today we have, you know, our podcast and it's new. It's brand new. It's baby podcast. Like it's just like got a few followers, like brand new, but we have really big aspirations for it. So we have asked some really big people to be on the podcast. And today I actually sent an email to Natalie Frank asking if she would be on the podcast. I love her. Please tell me it, she said yes. 
Well, I haven't heard back, so okay. I don't know. But I'm t- I was terrified. Like I literally thought I was going to throw up. My sister, which is another great thing about working with someone who you're really comfortable with, she was like, just do it. Just send the email. Just do it. Like I mean, at the end of the day, I have to remind myself that sometimes like the worst they can say is no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think I've ever told this story before, but I'm going to tell it really quick. And I think okay, please. the people will like it. When I was first starting my business, I'm talking like I had $0 to the business name and I was like, I just got paid 60 bucks to do this random thing online and I think I can turn this into a business, but I really want to work with bloggers and influencers. I reached out to two influencers that I absolutely like love online and one was like, <laughs> no, but the <laughs> other one was like, yes, that sounds great. Tell me more. And I kid you not, that was the start of my business. I sent them this like email. I still have the email. It's so embarrassing when I read it back. So I'm like, ew, this was like so not well written and makes no sense. And I don't know why she said yes, but she did. And I still work with her to this day. I literally have a coffee date planned with her on Friday. Like we're we have Gosh. a great working relationship and it just goes to show like sometimes you just shoot your shot. Exactly. That's literally what I said in the email. I said, I know you're busy. I know that you have a lot going on, but this is me shooting my shot. So feel free to say no, which I, because I'm like obsessive, right? I'm like, yeah. you know, sweaty and all the things. I was like, feel free to say no, but if you have time, this would be incredible. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I hope she says scary. yes. I have listened to a few interviews that she's done recently because she just released her new book, which I'm sure you're already aware of, which for the people <laughs> is called Gutsy. I literally just ordered it. I'm like so excited. Anyways, it's really cool because I feel like she – and this is like getting off on a t- side tangent, but she's interesting to me because like she's one that's like had her own business, but also worked for companies that support online business owners. And so her journey is unlike other people, which is I had the same thought as you. I was like, oh, she would be fun to interview because she's mm-hmm. kind of got her toes in both sides of the spectrum. Whereas I feel like people are typically like I'm like in the corporate section or I'm in the entrepreneur section and we don't we don't like each other. Like we're like enemies. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. she actually is both, which I find is really interesting, but she comes at it from like such a service perspective. And then her personal history is also interesting. So mm-hmm. I really hope that she says yes to you because I want to listen to that interview. Yeah. I would love to know. I The thing is when I was a wedding photographer before this, I became – I went full-time the same year she started Rising Tide. And so – I was re- that was a huge deal for me. Like it was growing as I was growing, and so the impact in the community and the like, the friends, the job opportunities I got from that group were crazy. So I just feel like such a like soft spot in my heart for her because <laughs> because of that because it really did change my business. And then as she, so like you, as she's been growing, I've been following her journey, and it's been so inspiring. And like you're talking about with her being in corporate side of things, like I don't think those businesses necessarily started as corporate; they were no. just teeny tiny little businesses that she was friends with the owners. Mm-hmm. It would be like if you and I, if I was like consulting for your business and then people think, oh, she's in corporate because she's working with the virtual assistant studio. And I'm right. like, yes, it is. You have a ton of employees, huge team, but I don't think I would consider myself corporate. So that was interesting that you said that. But it also, how cool is that too? That's just like her friends who are all starting businesses like HoneyBook and Flowdesk. And she's just in there being like, yeah, I can help you. I can be part of this with you. Yes. Like, It's really cool. Actually, that's a good point because I didn't think about it that way. Like those businesses didn't start out corporate. They are corporate now, I would think. Again, I don't know the back end of their business, but as an outsider, I would like put them in that bucket, like not full on mega corporation, but like a little little baby corporate-y. Yeah. But you're right. They were just like people like you and me and who had an innovative idea and we're like, hey, let's go for this. Yeah. That's it. Which I think is like the best thing in business, honestly. And you're like, for let's sure. Let's just do things a little bit differently and do them well. Is that simple? Absolutely. I freaking love it. Her story is so cool. And those the businesses are so cool that she aligns herself with too. Yeah. I would agree with that statement too. I Yeah. It's super interesting. Okay. Sorry to get on a side tangent about somebody not on this podcast. <laughs> You can tag her and maybe then she'll say yes to me and say yes to you too. We'll send her this clip and be like, we love you. Um, yes. Okay. Not you at all. literally glided over this, but I feel like this is worth mentioning. Ashley's podcast is called Girl, How'd That Happen? 
Okay, perfect. Thank you. And you guys should definitely go check it out. Ashley has a really unique approach to her podcast because she films it on Instagram Live, which I think is a really cool strategy that not a lot of people are doing. And then she also puts it on the podcast platform. So as someone who is like, sometimes I pop on Instagram and somebody's on live and I'm like, oh, this is fun. Let me watch this. And I love to see like people's faces. So that aspect is really cool. And then the fact that it's also on the podcast platform for the busy mom on the go where she can just pop it into her earbuds. I love that approach. And I also think that not a lot of people are doing that. Do you have a rhyme or reason as to how you came up with that approach? Oh, what a wonderful question. Yes, I do. And it's a little bit twofold because I am still struggling with explaining this because sometimes I feel like a little sketch saying it. But it's actually a really good strategy if anyone is interested. So we knew we wanted to have a podcast. I knew that this podcast was really impactful for women starting in business or who are making big changes in their business because I didn't know what I didn't know until like I heard people talking. And so I wanted to provide a place where we could pull in all these successful entrepreneurs and be like, how did you actually make that happen? Like, how are you actually running this business from like the start? Because there's tons of people sitting out there who would be fantastic or have so much to share with the world, but don't know how to start. So the idea has always been very genuine and from a place of just like really wanting to build this community and support other moms and women. But the Instagram live part of it, So one is I wanted it to feel more like we were in a community situation, almost like a panel where people could ask questions live and we could answer just then. I also wanted it to be super easy and accessible and most of my community is on Instagram. So this works great for me. Now, the other part of this is on Instagram and Facebook, when you're running Facebook ads, one of the audiences that you can target is a warm audience. And that's anyone who has interacted in any way, liked, watched, commented, shared, anything that has something to do with your business, including a live where you are collaborating with another business owner. So if they're, anyone in their audience watches, listens, comments, any of that, even if they just pop on for a second and pop back off, they have now fallen into my warm audience and I'm going to retarget them with ads. So it is a way for me to also grow visibility, for me to get my audience to grow, my warm audience to grow without having to pay more in ad spend, but be able to use it. So there's like multiple reasons, but the ad portion, I won't lie to you, it was a pretty large convincer there. I love that. Okay, I had a feeling there was a little strategy behind that. I was like, okay, I have to ask about this, but I love it because it's innovative. And the best part is, it's free. So like anybody can implement this same exact strategy, no matter what niche you're in. And I love the fact that you said you're not only pulling your audience, but you're pulling their audience too, Uh which for instance, if you were to land a larger guest, like a Natalie Frank, you're pulling. And then that's why I was like, okay, we have to ask this question because we have to dig into this because this is like literally gold, you guys. And when I saw you were doing this, I was like, this is why I love Ashley. Because (laughs) she thinks of tiny little like pathways like this that get you to where you're trying to go just a little bit faster. And it also meets your audience where they are because like you, my audience is on Instagram. And I think a lot of people that are in a similar phase as us are also on Instagram. Yes. I think one thing too that you like is a great, just another factor to consider is that the Instagram algorithm loves it when you as the consumer uses all the features of the app. Uh-huh. As somebody who's in social media. So I love it because Ashley can always give you the ad perspective and I can always give like the organic perspective. So I feel like we're like the perfect pairing. But <laughs> when you're going live consistently, especially if you can get it on like the same day every week. So if you always put your podcast recordings on like Thursdays, for instance, and you're going live at 11 a.m. or even around the same time, that's going to tell the algorithm, yes, this is an account that's consistently creating content and we should push this out to new people. And that's why you'll get the notification that's Ashley's live with Amanda. Like you should check it out because the algorithm is saying, Hey, this is content worth paying attention to. And then what'll happen is when you do that with your Instagram lives, it'll push out your other content as well. Cause it's saying, Hey, this is an account worth paying attention to. You like might have popped onto this live or whatever the case may be, you're also probably going to like her reel that she's about to post or whatever. I love that. So that's cool too because you get like both sides of it. You're getting like new views organically because you're utilizing the platform, but then you're also tapping into other audiences that you can then use to retarget with ads, which is so cool because like why wouldn't you do that? 
And not just any ad, but like the cheapest ad possible because it's retarget. Like it's literally a $2 a day ad, like literally. Which is so, so exciting. I mean, that's it's less than the coffee that I bought yesterday at Starbucks. That's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't actually know all that organic stuff you just said. So I'm feeling like very validated in my decisions right now. <laughs> yes. I was like, and yeah, I, we have to dig into this. <laughs> and we have, we've noticed, Elizabeth even told me yesterday, she was looking at some, Elizabeth's a numbers girl, right? That's my sister. So she was looking at something and she was like, wow, look how many accounts we've reached and this and that. And I was like, and that's really cool. And she's like, yeah, I think the live is helping. I was like, cool, let's keep going, you know? And oh, yes. and she was also complimenting me, which I really appreciated, about staying consistent on social because I've been really trying lately and it's so hard for me. But yeah. Okay. I want to dig into that. That was actually my next question in my head. So I'm glad that you just pulled out that little thread there. Love One it. of the things that I've noticed over the past year is I feel like you've evolved as a person, as we all have, but I feel like I always knew the true you, but I'm seeing like the true you on Instagram now, if that makes Aww. sense. And it's so fun to watch. Every time you're on stories or you post something new, I'm like, oh, what is she saying? What's she up to? Which I know that your audience is the same exact way because anybody that gets to know your heart I feel is basically in love because they're like this human is gold. So walking through what you feel like was maybe like a point of clarity or even a turning point where you're like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to go for it and has allowed you to produce content that feels really organic, especially as an outsider looking in, but feels organic to you and then allows you to stay consistent. Because I think this is a big one, honestly, that I myself struggle with where I'm like, Not necessarily that I don't know what to post, but there's a little bit of a fear behind posting certain things, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That's loaded. That's so loaded, Amanda. (laughs) But it's a good question. And I think because a lot of the people who start businesses, and maybe I'm just biased because I'm so deep in my own community, but I feel like there's so many similarities between all of us. And I think that's why you and I get along so well. It's why I get along with a lot of my friends in business, just because we're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to prioritize our families, get ourselves some time freedom so we can go be the room mom like I know you do, or go to the kids' parties or do whatever, and also be able to significantly impact our family's financial future and still contribute. And it's it's such a hard balance. And the part with social media for me is that I really struggle with coming across too salesy or too like slimy and gross. And because of the industry I'm in with Facebook ads specifically, it's very much a male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. And the men in the industry tend, not all of them, not generalizing, but they tend to be a little bit on the slimier side, like the bro marketing vibes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I talk, I feel like I come across a little bit that way because it's a complicated topic or it can be. And I don't want to mislead people. So I try to give as much information as I can, but I think it's a little much sometimes. And the thing that that really changed for me to get to your question was watching other people in the industry just not care, just share what they're going to share. And it all, a lot of it goes back to the mastermind. But there's even been points before that when I even so far back as like my photography days where it got to the point where I was like, I just want to make friends. I just want to be friends with the people on my Instagram and I want to be real with them. And then for me, I'm an introvert. I've very much struggled with anxiety and depression over the years. And so there will be points of time where I just drop off the face of the planet for like six months. And it's just like, yeah. same. Yeah. Gone. I'm just like, okay, can't do this. It like just yeah. falls to the wayside and I'm like, I just can't yeah. show up. Like you can't. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think last year, there was a point of time for me that was like that last year. And then it got a little bit better. And then I had a significant like personal event, like I had a death in the family. And I didn't know how to show up because I'm so used to being myself and using myself as a marketing, I guess a marketing tactic, you could say even. And it's worked for me because I get to work with people who feel like they're my friend and I feel like they're my friend. But I wasn't willing I I just felt so uncomfortable sharing that pain and using it as a marketing tactic, quote unquote. And I just, I couldn't do it. I I hadn't, I hadn't even started to heal from it. Like I still don't know that I'm even like at a point where I really want to talk about it. And I think some of the best advice I got just a few weeks after it happened, honestly, when I was at that mastermind retreat was you need to share from a place of healing. You need to share from the scar, not the open wound. 
They're like, don't bleed all over your audience. Like you don't – and you don't have to share everything either. You can choose what you're going to share. And so I think I was pretty quiet on social through the holidays. It happened in mid-October and I was pretty quiet. And then after the new year, I felt like, okay, I'm not – I still don't want to talk about that. But I feel like I can now talk about the rest of my life. I feel like I can share more about just normal things because I started to – it's actually kind of beautiful if you think about it because I started to find some joy again Mm -hmm. and and finding things that I felt would be helpful for other people and could also bring joy to their lives. And it might be different for people who have different kinds of accounts, but my account, I always wanted to share optimism and happiness and not fake, not pretend, but like real optimism and happiness. And that's just what I try to do, like share that even when it's painful and just try to be as honest as possible without making myself uncomfortable. So it's a work in progress. I love that. I appreciate you saying all those things. I don't actually feel like for myself, I don't feel like it's true, but I appreciate that's your perspective. So, <laughs> Well, sometimes like we can't see everything on ourselves, yeah. you know, like other people have a very clear vision. Well, I appreciate you walking us through that journey because I know that that's hard. It like it really, it really truly is. And I totally have been there when there's something hard going on and you're like, I just don't know how to show up online because you don't want to share the messy part, but you also don't want to pretend to be happy because like that's not the state of mind that you're in. So then it's like, what do I do? You know, like you don't want to be fake, but you don't want to share this other part. And then I think I probably experienced something similar to you where like, I am wrapped up in the brand currently, and so Mm -hmm. I am part of the brand. And so sometimes I struggle between like how much personal versus business stuff do I share? And even just like I feel like in my roots, and I'm probably – like you probably feel this way too as you're continuing to grow your business. Like how much do you share as you continue to grow? Because you don't want to be too far removed from who you were in the beginning. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Cause it, but you're different too. Mm-hmm. Like you do want to still be sharing, but also your day probably looks a lot different now than it did in the beginning. I yeah. mean, I know mine does. My kids go to daycare, like my, and school. So I actually am not with my kids when I'm working anymore. Mm-hmm. When I used to be, it used to be like a cute video of my kid watching like Coco Melon in the corner of my big screen while I'm working on all the other screens. That was the life. And now it's just not like that. Like the business has grown to a point where honestly, it's just too big for that. There's too much to do and there's too many moving pieces. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want to overwhelm the newer business owner by telling them that because they can totally still do it. Like it's still 100% doable. And this is just the choice I made. I could have chosen to keep my business smaller and probably still made a similar income, honestly, because I wouldn't have had as many expenses. But this is just what I chose. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. My Children are currently in childcare right now. <laughs> one's at yeah. like an actual school and the other one's at like a little preschool. And same thing. It's interesting because we coach virtual assistants and most people who are becoming a virtual assistant are like entering into the online business world for the first time. And so my life literally did look exactly like yours where like Coco Melon was on. I was entertaining them with a toy or a puzzle or working during nap time. Whereas like now yeah. I'm like – yeah, I get to do stuff like this and I'm like meeting with my financial team and my day looks totally different. But that's not to say that it couldn't look that other way if I made different choices similar to you. And so I think sometimes that's the struggle on social too is like how much of that do you share of the growth and does that make you feel disconnected from your audience or is it more of like inspirational? Like, hey, this is the example. Look how far you can come, you know? Yeah. I don't really have an answer for that because I don't know. I don't I think it's just a balance and just about being honest and transparent as much as you can and trying for me it's like trying to share in a way that's real and genuine and not always thinking about it like how is this going to benefit the business and more like how can I connect with my people too? Because that's that's always the foundation, right? I, sw- I know it's for you. I know it's that's the type of businesses we build are ones that are just really about the people and trying to actually impact their lives and the world. And business just it, when you're true to yourself like that, and when you're genuine and authentic, I honestly think business just comes. Like it's just going to come. People will be attracted to you, and they're going to want to pay you because they see that you're being real. And to go back to your point too about um, not feeling like you're being genuine online when you're in a hard spot. That's exactly how I felt. I felt like I was 
faking it. Like I was putting on a character. And honestly, like my sister was a huge help in that and she still is because she helps me plan out what we're going to talk about on social. She reminds me that I'm supposed to be doing something on social, like all of those things. So that has been an incredibly impactful part of it. If I was by myself still and going through that, I think I would hire it out. Honestly, I think I would probably have a season of hiring. And I've had seasons of hiring it out and it not being as like, and I think it's fine. And it's totally fine. Like, give yourself grace. You're living your life. You're not just growing a business. You have to take care of yourself too. Yeah. Okay. I love that advice so much. Like giving people permission to be able to outsource because I think that's like a fear probably of a lot of people. Oh, yeah. oh, I need to hold on to this because I am the brand. When yes. What you just said makes total sense. It's okay. You're struggling with it. Hire it out. Simple. Yeah. It doesn't have to be forever too. I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm outsourcing and I'm never going to do it again. And it's, no, you can – I've hired out for seasons. I've also hired out for just parts of it and then I still hop on for stories or I still do the videos, whatever. I just think try not to be so all or nothing. This is something I've been working on in therapy for the last year is not thinking you have to do everything or you can do nothing. There can be fluidity in this business because that's one of the cool things is you get to make it whatever you want to make it. Mm -hmm. So hire someone for part of it, hire someone for all of it. It literally doesn't matter. Just do what you need to do in the moment. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. What do you feel like has been the biggest lesson that you've learned over the past year? Oh my gosh. Probably listen to your gut. Ooh, tell me more. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of times when my gut was like, don't do it. It's not good. And I was just like, but I need money. And sometimes there are points where you have to just be like, this is this might suck for a little bit, but I have to pay my bills. <laughs> and so that's part of yeah. it, unfortunately. Yeah. And it, it gets better as you get bigger and are able to have more choice, which is definitely a privilege to be able to have more choice in who you work with. But yeah, I think listening to my gut and a lot of instincts, like a lot of times would have helped me. There's times I ignored it and I paid the consequences. There were times when I listened to it and it was hard for a little bit, but it ended up working out later. So that's, I still am learning that lesson, but that was probably one of the bigger lessons I did really get kicked in the head with last year. I would agree with that. I would say there have been multiple times in my own business where my gut was saying like yes or no on something and I my head was like, well, it was like justifying it. It was like, well, if we can do blah, 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 then it's going to be fine. And yes. I feel like that was like always like the heart versus the head scenario. Yeah. It, I almost yeah. feel like I had like two angels on my shoulders where they yes. were both like, you should do this. And the other one's like, I don't know about that. And I was like, okay, we're going to go with this one. That's like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting too, is I think that if people are like, oh, yeah, listen to my gut, you do have to keep in mind, though, that sometimes your gut is just scared and you yeah. need to like – so you have to figure out, is this – is my gut, my instinct, like my feelings, are they actually accurate or am I just scared? So that's the hardest balance I think for me is like which one am I doing? Am I protecting myself or am I keeping myself from an opportunity? Yeah. Because I think we have a natural tendency to protect ourselves from like anxiety and fear and like that uncomfortableness that we were talking about earlier. And I think that can stop us from sometimes doing those bigger things. But then there are other times where your gut's like, mm, nope, this is not going to be good. And you're like, it's fine. We're just going to ignore all these signs that say the road is closed and keep driving. <laughs> we'll be good. Like that dog that's like sitting in a fiery room, that meme. And it's like, it's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. It's a hard balance. I think we'll probably be struggling with that our entire lives. So I'm, it is what it is. Acknowledging is the first step. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. I want to dive into something that is super exciting. And that's the fact that you launched a membership for ads. And I think this is such a cool concept for a multitude of reasons, but also like selfishly because I'm like, yes, I needed this in my life. <laughs> so tell us what the membership is and how you came up with the idea because I feel like it's really innovative too. Aw, thanks. We have the Big Break Club. That's the name of the membership, which I love because I always preach that Facebook ads can help you create your own Big Break because you're getting yourself visibility and you don't have to wait for someone to like tag you or go viral or whatever. So I love Facebook ads for that reason. And this group is really intended for people who are – there's really two audiences. One audience is people who are smaller and really trying to create their own big break. We are very conscious that ads 
can be overwhelming. They can be hard. They can be scary. Maybe you think they're expensive. And we're trying to break through all of those barriers. So we try to keep it as simple as possible. We help you learn like low-cost strategies to try and help you get that visibility but not spend a bajillion dollars. And then we have a lot of support. So we have two live calls a week for – they're just office hours. So you can come in. You can tell us what your problems are. You can tell us in our Facebook group. You can share your screen. And we'll just help you walk through. Maybe you should try this strategy. Maybe you should change this audience. And then behind the scenes, we also have this huge Big Break Club portal that has tutorials. And it's really like an entire Facebook ad course. And then we have like strategy walkthroughs where you just like literally press the buttons we tell you and it's set up. So we try to make it as simple as possible. And then the other audience is business owners like yourself. I don't think you need to be running your own ads, (laughs) to be real, because you are very busy. And I know that because we have worked together before. And I'm like, she does not have time for this. So I think there's other businesses that have someone on their team where they hire someone on their team. And then that team member is the one who comes into the membership. And so that has actually been really cool because we have people who are spending more because they're part of a larger team. So like 10, 20 grand a month. And then we also have smaller people who are spending like $200 a month and they get to see each other's ad accounts. And it's really cool because there are different strategies for larger ad spends versus smaller ad spends. And it's just there's so much knowledge available, but then there's also this really clear path to take to just set your ads up. So we're still tweaking it and working to make it better, and we probably always will be, but we really are trying to make it very clear and very easy to set up your own ads. Which I think is amazing because as somebody who has never tried to set up their own ads before – because of the fact that it just sounds intimidating and like (laughs) the idea of Facebook ads is like a little scary, probably to most people. When I first read about your membership, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is exactly what I need. But I also, to your point, love the idea that I could also take this alongside a team member and somebody who's already working on my additional content in my business could take this and put it in place, whether we're spending $200 or $2,000. And I think that's really cool. And then also, I think what an awesome way to test out new strategies as a business owner. So I know for us, one of the things that we've been focusing on is like really streamlining things across the board and like going really deep with just a few services so that we can serve our people as best as possible. But there have been times where like, hey, we have this idea for this one thing. Is this even like something that somebody wants other than asking our existing clients, obviously, but Facebook ads is like the perfect way to test it. Be like, all right, let's put this out into the world and see which one sticks and also like the messaging so that we can attract more people like our ideal customer that would opt into this. So I think it's so cool because it allows you the opportunity to do that without having to do like a huge investment on the front end. Absolutely. And that's been really cool too is having people like what you just said, right? You come in and you're like, hey, I have this idea and you just explain it. And then Elizabeth and I can be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Here's which strategy you should use. Here's the Google Doc to press the buttons. And this is how much money you should probably spend on it. And it's like so easy because we can just give you a strategy. Then you set it up come back the next week and you're like, hey, my numbers look like this. Do you think this is good, bad? And we'll be like, here's the resource to check it and know how to make decisions. But looking at this, yeah, we think these numbers are good. Maybe you should try this to make it a little better. So we really try to help people because that's uncomfortable. Putting out new things is uncomfortable. Spending money on it that you don't know if it's going to work, that's uncomfortable. But if you have someone you can trust to give you feedback on that, it makes it a little easier. So that's really what we're trying to be is like just a support person, almost like an ad counselor. (laughs) Like we'll give you feedback and try to help you walk through it, but also try to help you learn so you can do it yourself too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's honestly such a beautiful process. I'm so excited. I think it's so cool. I'm like, everybody needs this. Everybody needs to know about this because I think this is a huge pain point for a lot of people. And then on the flip side, we have a lot of clients where we're helping them with their organic strategy. So like a mixture of social, email, blogging, YouTube, podcasts. And that's amazing. But as they start to get traction, what we love to see is, okay, now that this is working for you, let's put some ad spend on it. So it's Mm kind of like pouring like gasoline on the fire to your point, but you need like that structure set in place first so that you can do that. And I feel like this allows you to almost like collapse time in a bit to be able to grow faster. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's exactly what it is. And then on the other end of it, it's when people like tap out their warm audience and they need ways that are more scalable because yeah, organic visibility would be the ideal situation. Like get on more podcasts, get on this, get discovered here. But if you want a way to actually predict how that's going to go, then Facebook ads are a great way to just expand. And so you're not always tapping your warm audience. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because the organic strategy, I'm not going to lie to you, it takes time. Like it's not going to happen overnight. And so to your point, tapping into that cold audience, I feel like is a way to be able to do that. I know myself, like there have been times where I might land on somebody's page and then scroll past it or whatever, but then there's a retargeting ad and I'm like, wait a second, who is this person? What do they do? And like I legit have bought things from the retargeting ads or the fact that I kind of know of this person, but not really, but they sent me an ad and I'm like, well, this is cool. Sure, I'll pay $7 for you you're down but like whatever <laughs> and then the next thing you know, I'm like in their funnel you know <laughs> yes I love that so much yeah ads are great I think they're just once you get comfy with them you're like oh there's so much possibility here so I love it yeah okay what do you feel has been the biggest mindset shift for the members inside your community after they've joined oh for sure that it doesn't have to be so hard I think that a lot of people try to make it more difficult so you'll pay them to do it for you mm-hmm. and that's whatever, but it doesn't, you don't have to pick such a hard strategy. There are easy things you can do that'll take an hour to set up and then just manage it from there, which I know sounds scary too, but it's, it doesn't have to be so scary. I love that. Yeah. I I think you're right in that. And I think the little bit of that fear in marketing is definitely there around Facebook ads. Cause I think I see it myself too, where I'm like, Oh no, this is like too intimidating. Like I can't do this. I'll just waste my money or whatever the case may be. And then people shy away from it altogether as a strategy, or they've had experience where maybe they invested in the, like the strategy wasn't solid or the funnel wasn't there or whatever. And it was kind of a flop. Yeah. And so they're like, Oh, this just doesn't work. And they like write it off. Whereas I feel like this is almost gives you like not necessarily a guarantee, but a solid strategy where you can execute that and feel comfortable doing that too. Absolutely. Uh, that's 100% the whole the whole plan. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for your time. Where can we find you, follow you, connect with you, join the Big Break Club? <laughs> yeah, I would love it. If your people want to come in, we can give them a week trial. So they can come in and see if they like it. Check it out. It's bigbreakclub.com slash trial. So easy peasy. And then we're at the Paid Ad Academy on Instagram, Facebook, pretty much anywhere. And then thepaidadacademy.com. We would love to say hey. So feel free to DM us. Yay. Thank you so much. You were so welcome. Thanks, Amanda. You just finished another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. And because I know you're a mover and shaker, here's your action item. Snap a screenshot of this episode, share it over on Instagram, and tag me at Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, I'll pick one person and send you a Starbucks gift card on me as my way of saying, hey, thanks for hanging out with me on the regular and being a part of this incredible movement. See you next week.